I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all gone? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all us? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Dallas Famous Podcast. We're kicking it off with a bang as we have legendary hip-hop producer Job Warren. Job Warren made a name for himself producing and helping create Erica Badu's first album, which won him two Grammys. That introduced the world to Neo Soul. Since then, he's worked with every big name in hip-hop and is showing no signs of slowing down. We get to know Job Warren and talk about some highlights in his life, including the time he spent in RZA's band and how he got the name Sample Samurai, just to name a few. I absolutely loved hearing his stories, and I know you will too, so sit back and enjoy my chat with Job Warren. And we are back with the Dallas Famous Podcast. I've got Job Born sitting with me. Very exciting. Um, yeah, thanks for coming over. Um, let, let's start. I mean, I know the answer, but I'm asking anyway. Like, ask everyone, are you from Dallas? Well, I, actually, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay. And, uh, and but I've been here my my whole life. I was just born there. I was there as a as as a very young youngster, and uh, and uh, came here in the early '80s okay. to Dallas. Okay. And then you, like, I think I saw you started uh, dealing, like, messing with music at 13, 14, something like that? I would say even younger than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I became a musician at a young age um, in elementary school, I'd say about third grade. Oh, were you playing then? Uh, well, I was I was going to school in Dallas, and I uh, started playing the cello in third grade. Was, oh, okay. Yeah, orchestra. I yeah. mean, do you still have any of that knowledge going, or? Well, you, you kind of don't lose the knowledge. Uh, I think you always kind of have an ear for the music, you know. Absolutely. Um, as far as like sitting down and be, being like the the expert at it right now, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I, I also played the, the the violin and the upright bass. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, as a young, as a you know, in high school and in, in middle school. Sure. So that's that's kind of how I got into. You know, got my ear for music, right? And know? then, I mean, was it the sort of thing where you started in school, and then mm-hmm. you kind of started hearing stuff outside of school? So that kind of took your interest a little bit away from. Like, oh the, yeah, of yeah. course, I got you know um, definitely a lot of music in the household growing up, um, especially uh, like I'm, I've got Caribbean roots on both sides. So um, and then with you put New York in the mix and and uh, and then a time like uh, the seventies and eighties as a young person. Um, I'm I'm just inundated with so much music at home, yeah. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, I I I uh, that's where a lot of my inspirations came from, you know. And I had to have an outlet to go at least play, you know. I know if I didn't do orchestra, I'd probably be a percussionist or something. Mm-hmm. Something was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I played sax in school. I learned piano by ear, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, it just it was cool to have that early on. Although I didn't. So, I didn't really, I feel like I wasn't listening to stuff, really good stuff to like, you know, like later when I started playing keys, keys a little more, I would hear stuff, be able to emulate it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, I don't know. I didn't have a good education until college. I feel with music. Um, what what was the? I mean, like, hip hop is already thing. Like, what was the first like kind of stuff that was influencing you at that age, that young age? At a young age, I would say I kind of got to dial in because you know my aunt and my sister were like you know my babysitters, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. my my other siblings as well. I had an older sister. They always listen to like, you know, R being soul, and uh, I got a lot of you know reggae. I feel that like hip hop came a little bit later. Okay, okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if hip hop was the very first music that I could notably like identify mm-hmm. that I was listening to, because I, I would say Prince or Michael Jackson very likely was right the most like that sticks out first sure um and i'm talking about like super early prince and michael jackson um you know the jacksons um was popping around you know 1980 81 82 83 you know what i mean so yeah yeah, that was really so that's that answer right there yeah that's Um, more accessible probably too yeah um so uh well then, then how did you get more into hip hop? Like, what was that bridge? Oh man, just you know having a connection in New York with my family. Okay, and um, so you know just you know traveling back and forth and you know and interacting with them, it gave me access to what was happening musically in the in the streets mm-hmm. and with you know New York back then. So you know that's how I got exposed to hip hop. Um, you know, I would, you know, end up hearing like a DJ Red Alert tape or something who was a DJ that was doing the mixtapes and he was on the radio too. And we would, back in the days, like, especially in the eighties, we would record radio stations. Like yeah. we have, uh-huh. you know, like a jam box with record. So I'd literally take, when I would go with my family, I'd literally be there and find a way to record the radio. If it was at my at one of my family members' house, you know, and I bring that back, and um, that was how I got exposed to hip hop, man. Just it was really New York, and just having the connection with my family. So I guess back then you wouldn't hear that music here at all, anywhere, right? I know you you did, um, you did hear hip hop here. I wouldn't say you didn't, but not. But it's different artists. You're hearing more local stuff. Is that how? no, no? Um, I think it was what was the most popular is what you heard gotcha. here. Remember, we had Tom Joyner as a radio station. Um, I mean, you know, he's the, one of the, he's a legend, a radio legend. And he was, you know, flying back and forth doing the two radio shows, the one here in Chicago every day. Um, so wow. I, I feel like have, like having him in the fold helped us to be, to get that music from across the country because he was a national, like syndicated, like, big time radio DJ in the L radio voice in right. the 80s. Right. So that was, you that, know, that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. Okay. Cause it's like, not like that as much. You're not getting exposed from a radio station anymore. Really? Um, I mean, I guess there's other avenues, but right. uh, that's a whole other conversation that we will get to yeah. later on. Um, well, so then when you first, like, what, what did it look like when you first started? What were you like, were you, um, were you programming first? Were you performing first? Like how did that start for you? You know what? Programming because my my dad was a DJ in the seventies and the eighties. Oh, okay. He still is. I mean, he still has that 
Shout out to my pops. Um, and so, I guess you could say, I, I like he wanted me to be a DJ. You know, like he was right. Like there's a place in North Dallas it's called Crossroads Audio, and they used to they used to have DJ setups you could rent. He would rent them on the weekends. He'd go get me a DJ setup, rent it, twelve hundred turntables on the weekends. You know, like the twelve hundred uh, Technics model. Mm-hmm. Rent them for me, got me a, a mixer, showed me how to mix. So that led to me wanting to program the beats. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, um, as a young person, it was just like, oh man, I love the I love the DJ, but I really like the beats. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. That's what I want to do. And I got into programming. Well, and I would say I had a Casio that was you could sample and you could sequence on. Mm-hmm. So that was like probably 86, yeah, <laughs> 87. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That I, I mean, I'm talking about, I'm pinpointing like years. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I had Sequence. a Dr. Rhythm at, around that time. That was my drum machine. Right. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah. Man, you, you, if you don't have a Dr. Rhythm, uh, at least have some experience, put it on your resume. Yeah. Because if you don't, you don't really know what it what <laughs> <laughs> Right. What real beat sequencing is about. Yeah. That was a fun yeah. time. I, yeah. I was into all that stuff. Uh, yes, being, but I was just making it sound like, you know, acoustic drums. I didn't, I yeah. was not exposed at all to any, any hip hop at that point. Yeah, yes. I think Beastie Boys was the first thing, which is really sad that that's the first. But Man, Beastie Boys was, uh, and so speaking to them, Beastie Boys, um, one of the first groups that I really liked. Okay. Rather than Run DMC, and uh, I wouldn't, I wasn't into, I didn't like my my generation. I'm I'm Gen Xer, so I think we was more, we were less Sugar Hill Gang era, more mm-hmm. Run DMC and Beastie Boys era, right, right? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I mean we're the same age pretty much. I mean I graduated '87, so yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and okay, but so then you're programming. At what point were you well, okay? Well, maybe you were. Were you recording first? Were you going live for like what happened next with the like what? How did that lead to the next thing? Man, okay, well, so you know, there's an evolution there, and and um, as a young person in the late '80s and early '90s, um, you know, like I like I said, I went from DJing, I started making beats. I guess is that's what you call it. What we were doing, um, I started doing that, man. That was I got into that strong. Um, I loved listening to, to the records like the in my parents' record collection. Eventually, I started going to half price books mm-hmm. and buying my own records. And it was just the whole act of just going back, listening, listening for different inspirations in these records. And I would literally I'd sample it, I'd record parts, and then I would make drum loops around it and. That was my thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't get into performing as like a musician until until, you know, later in my career after the success or the you know, the initial success of, of Erica Badu's on and on. Huh. I didn't get into to that aspect of like playing live in the band, like with RC and the Grits and you know, some of the other ensembles, the other uh, the Beatitudes, we were we were doing stuff for a minute. Um I didn't get into that till later, man. So, right. So right. I was closer to 40. Well, so when you're doing, I mean, uh, I mean, forgive me that I'm so naive, but like, were you, were you doing the beats and then like, were people rapping over it? Were you like doing sessions at home? Man, uh, you know what? 
everything, all of that, you know, because it's like this, you have your time, you know, as a creator, you have your time where and you're in solitude and you're creating. That's right. the that's the golden time, right? And then you have the time where, you know, especially as a young person, you know, where some of where some like-minded people are going to be in your surroundings and mm-hmm. in your environment. People you can bounce ideas from, your friends. Mm-hmm. Shit, we were doing hip hop, you know, so you know, it was like uh it was like I had like a I was like the epicenter of coolness in my, in in my in my crew, you know, and where I lived at. Where I lived, like my my friends in the apartments would stop by. They knew I was doing music. I had friends that would stop by. Friends that would I was stay on the second floor. They would be outside listening, trying to see what I was doing. <laughs> so I always would look out there, and somebody was hanging out, trying to, you know, hear some music and stuff. And uh, and uh, so yeah, man, um, I would have frequently. I had somebody show up that could rap, you know, or sing. You know what I mean? And uh, that that was also those were also the golden moments because that's how you. You kind of validate what you've created, you know. That's, yeah. You know, somebody could actually, you know, like somebody's actually inspired to 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 sing or say something. You know, that's that's like okay, yeah, I got I got something. Yeah, right I can see too how you're you're home alone, and then you know you're just doing the stuff. And you think it's cool that someone comes in. I mean, that's the magic, right? I mean, yeah, that collaboration. that's definitely magic, man. Yeah, that's cool. Is that when Erica comes into your life, or? Well, in that stage, yeah, because you know when I I would say uh, this is around ninety four. Um, at that point, you know, I was um, I was out of school and um, I was you know working and and uh, doing my thing and you know I would look forward to coming home from work and creating music. I used to work downtown, mm. you know what I'm saying back uh. in the day, and I lived in North Dallas. So that commute was one thing, and as a young person, you know. <laughs> In the commute, whether I was on the dart bus or catching a ride, because this was this was pre trains, yeah, era. <laughs> you know, it was it, I would just have so much like inspiration, man. And that, and I would get home and and just go, you know, and, and then hit the repeat every day. So you know, it's, it, so when Erica came, you know, across, um, you know, like my creative zone, like when we met. Um, you know, and she had, she was not, you know, this was before she released her first song. My song I produced for her was her first single, mm-hmm. very first song, very first, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like big song. The very first drop. Before that, she's just someone else in the scene that you know that, that will yeah. sing. Yeah. You know, uh, man, that's, there's a, there's a little, there's a level to that story too, because, uh, she was with, she was with uh, Rob Free, like they had a group, Erica Free. Mm. When I met them, and uh, it just so happened, I went to I went to high school with Rob Rob Free's younger brother. Um, so and then he lived their house where Rob Free lived was like my one of, you know my best friend in high school lived like right around the corner mm. from him, like literally like his one street corner house the homies right there other street corner house like the next one is rob free yeah so it was it was like uh you know how the universe kind of like moves things around and puts it together lines it up yeah so the first thing was rob free's brother in high school and then i'm hearing like man man they got beats over there man at that house man they got beats at that house you know and uh and i ended up meeting rob free 
And uh, wow, wow. I mean, I mean, amazing, just blown away at what at the music he was creating. And he had like a, his setup was advanced at this time. You know, it was like my first time seeing a setup like that. And uh, just, a, man, it was a great time. Huh, yeah. Definitely. Cool. Back then. So I met Erica around that time, 94-ish. And, uh, and when she was able to, like when I had, you know, out of our creative session, man, I was just blown away, you know, not only at the fact that she was able to write to something that I, you know, created, um, but also I was just blown away at her voice, you know what I'm saying? And just <laughs> at the amazing personality, the person that she was yeah. at that time, you know, um, just an amazing spirit to be around. Something I know that I hadn't come across, a person like that I hadn't come across, and the world hasn't. For sure, and they got yeah. The world got a taste of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point in time, you know, like that personality, it's just she just was one of a kind. Um, I mean, human, still, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Total Dallas representative. Yeah, you know what I'm saying to the heart. And um, you know, I hadn't come like I said, I hadn't come across a person like her, and the world hadn't, and eventually the world was moved by her presence mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and the, and her words her, her her bars like they call it with the writing you right. know what i'm saying yeah uh you know they were moved by it and she made some noise with that did when when i mean you you're saying i mean you're obviously you saw that in her but i mean she must have seen something in you i mean like that collaboration that's not just her she must have felt that from the other direction yeah 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 of course man i'm i'm hoping so yeah i mean we uh we definitely had we definitely were able like or musically we 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 were we liked the same type of vibes man mm -hmm. sounds you know mm -hmm. so it was just a matter of just the marriage of her voice with the music making that happen you know as a musician you already know it seems like a complicated process from the outside looking in but you know a person who has a natural talent they'll just bullet they'll blend like butter into good music mm -hmm. and even if their voice doesn't match the actual track itself they can they they can still feel good about what they're listening to, and they can they can know that that producer, the creator, they can say, okay, yeah, that that person got the got the mojo. You right. know what I'm yeah. saying? Yes. For me to be on that list with her is man, not only a blessing, it's humbling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now in hindsight, yeah, you know, twenty plus years ago, that's yeah. You know, you don't see it when you're like. A kid at that age, yeah, but you, you guys know made I mean? a mark on the world with that, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, and then you win what two Grammys from that? Is that right? Yeah, well, well, for, for with on and on, it was best R and B performance got a Grammy, uh -huh. and the on and on was on the, on the album that got the album of the year. Gotcha. Okay. Wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Um, and then God, like. I mean, so you aren't performing at this point. You're just like a producer, more or less, at this point. You get yes, this sir. Grammy, and like now your your whole world has changed. Like, what happens next for you? Oh man, um, opportunities to go work, and be in, in high level environments of recording. Yeah, you know, like my recording um, experience. Like, I, it really began at that point. Right. Like prior to that, I was really like in 
recording pre-K, pre K, preschool, <laughs> right? And um, when people saw that that I had that accolade, then they took me more seriously when I was around, and they wanted me around more. Sure. Um, yeah, you prove yourself with that. I mean, I was able to. I was blessed to have been able to meet so many good engineers and producers and artists in that sure. time frame. And uh, like, I got to think back to 97, 98, 99. Like, if I really pinpoint some of those, like some of those times, man, like, you know, like I, I can tell you, I've been, I've been in proximity to some really great artists that are superstars now, mm-hmm. back then. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. The because list is crazy of, yeah. of who you've worked with. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I just I'm just gonna read some of these just because people need to know. Like uh, uh, Rizza, Will Smith, Lil Wayne, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Scarface. I mean, DOC, local. Yep. I mean, is there is there highlights in there in those people or others that I didn't absolutely? Mention? Well, first I got the shout out to the DOC. Yeah, D- the DOC is one of our local legends. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I could have I could have bigged up Rizza first. But I'm not gonna do that because I got a shout out to the person who, one of the people who paved the way for Dallas local, the local scene to get some national spotlight. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I urge everybody that's listening to go check out what the DOC is doing right now in the community, and uh, and where he's at with you know just period in his career and life. Yeah, it's very interesting. And uh, and if you're a music aficionado, gangster rap aficionado, or Dallas music lover then uh yeah it's definitely dope get up on what what he's doing right now um rizza you know working with rizza was amazing um to say the least um rizza rizza took me under we got the same case bro <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> great minds think alike yeah, baby that's uh, the hats the, the, the phone case yeah 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 man um so um rizza's wu-tang and um, so, I mean, he took me under his wing in a sense. You know, he knew the song I produced. He's like a, a big brother, OG mentor. Um, and I learned a lot from being in the studio with RZA. So I have to, you know, hands down, I mean, as a producer uh, who was inspired by Wu-Tang, yeah, you know, I was. That was like you wanted this. You want to have music like that as a young pr- producer, you know. Sure. Um, to be able to be able, able to work with Rizzo to be his band, yeah, for a couple years, man. That's mind blowing, dude. That's mind blowing. And we traveled, and it was this wasn't Erica Badu. Now I was I played in her band many times, sure, many times. This was Rizzo. This this was like you went. We went from soul, you know, side a little bit softer. So now we're in grimy hip hop world, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Where you know where the concerts are rowdy, not violent, just rowdy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a different crowd. Yeah, sure. definitely a different crowd. And uh, man, I'm just up there doing my thing. I got my MPC drum machine. You know, that's one of the t- the tools that we use, and uh, to, to have that there. And then those moments where we they had other surprise members from Wu Tang show up and cameo at the, you know right. Those to me, it was like witnessing history, yeah, and being a part of it, yeah, being a part of it. So shout out to RZA, and there were moments when nobody was around where he would just drop lessons on me, man, teachings. Um, you know, like he was, he would, he would say meditation is medication, and you know, he, he, it was like 
being in his presence, you're going to learn. He's going to teach. It's not like some guy just being a hip-hop guy or whatever, not, you know what I'm saying, caring mm-hmm. about who's around and living haphazardly. No, man. I mean, he's he would cook for us when we, when we stayed with him. He cooked for us. We was in the studio a couple times. He cooked. He bought food. Yeah. Cooked, prepared it for the fam, for the yeah. crew. Yeah. And that's a that's that's just that's just stuff that you that goes beyond the music, man. Yeah, you it's know, a good person. Yeah. It's a good person, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And he did, he valued our presence. It's not like he just thought we were just some expendable people that he's just paying and to go do a task or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he actually valued our presence, valued our opinions. Uh, huh. Was a great team leader. That's yeah, that's cool to hear because you know, yeah, people that are doing their own bands in that position, they. They don't. They can hire people and not even talk to them if that's what they want to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, nah, he he engaged with us. He took us out to eat. One one thing we did do was we ate together. Yeah, that's one thing we did, and we 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 he shared lots of memories, man. Um, you know, yeah, that's a that's a that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. Um, but what I can say is this: I learned a lot from him, and I'm thankful to the most high for bringing me across you know for giving me that blessing mm-hmm. um and you know a lot of people just a lot of young producers in their back in the 90s would have like i could i would have never dreamed like yeah that's yeah. beyond my dreams yeah you know what no, i'm saying it's mind-blowing i get it it's yeah it's so cool um yes sir i mean it's funny like you're you're you started turntables like and you're these are the people you're listening to as a kid and then now you're in that band like i yeah, I, I can think of comps in my head, but I can't imagine it actually happening. That's that's crazy. Yeah, um, so then, I mean, all right. Well, I I don't. I just have to ask you about Sample Samurai. Where does that mm-hmm. come from? All right. Well, the act of taking a sample, which is just any amount of audio in a space of time, just a sample, or if you rec- if you record that. With intent to recreate or put build around it, that's a sample. All right, um, the sound bite, that's a sample. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you go and operate within that sample, if you go do stuff to manipulate it, change it, change the cadence of it, time stretch it, uh, or change the speed, the tempo, change the pitch of it, well. You're adjusting it. And what I would do in the early to late 90s, this was a thing that producers did and they still do now. This is called, we did something called chopping a sample. So we would get, we'd have like this, this is for my music, people who know music, but have like a, a sample that's the, the length of like four measures. And I would take that four measures of audio. And uh, if I'm sorry, I don't mean to be. Uh, you're all good. I take that four measures of audio and I break it down into 16 pieces hmm. and then I would take those so then that way I would chop it so like my friends would call me the sample surgeon because I would literally sit get the sample everybody's loving and then listening to it, like oh that's that that's that shit right there Joski's my language but then I get it and break it down and now I've replayed it they called me the sample surgeon but then that was cool but now what was cooler was man as we got as I got older and more experience with it. Now they're like, nah, you're the sample samurai. My friends gave me that title. <laughs> That's you know what badass, I'm saying? Yeah. So you see on my logo, you see 
Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe with the samurais in the back. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's what that that's, is. That's those samurais are there to let you know. That's just a reminder that I am the sample samurai. <laughs> nice. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, so, man, then then the people, the things you've been a part of, like I could, I mean, might not have time to do all of it. You said you mentioned play with RC and Grits, mm-hmm. uh, the cannabinoids. I was with Erica early on, yes. right? Um, what was Black Scientist? Okay, Black Scientist is a collaboration between me and a producer that's lo- based locally. His name is Dedrick. Okay. All right, it, man. Uh, we have this place that we come from when when we uh, when we collaborate. It's like a futuristic, dark, but vibey sound. And we take that those that kind of mood, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Soundscape. And we put we put really like like hard drums or like really just like grimy or saturated drums behind the like that sound. You huh. know what I'm saying? Um, we like to experiment with sounds. That's where scientists come from. Yeah, you know us being, of course, us being black, but also the the soundscape being dark. Right. And uh, man, I love to experiment with sounds. Um, people send me stuff because like they'll say, "Hey, Ja, take my sound and make it drunk," or huh. "Take my sound and and make it make it sound like it's coming out of a, off of a cassette in 1968." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you know, so that that's part of my expertise. Uh, that's cool, and that's what we do, man. We take we take stuff. We'll we'll take a sample. We'll filter it down. We'll make it sound totally different than the original. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yes, sir. So there's that's a, what's up. Shout out to the Drake Black Scientist. That is, uh, we have a couple songs out by the way. Okay. So if you ever on Spotify, cool. Um, go check out Sophia. Okay, all right, definitely. Yes, I, I, I'm sure you're super busy. Like, how, if somebody wanted to work with you, like, how hard is that to do? Is that it's like your approach? It's not too hard to do, you know. Um, man, I work on a lot of projects these days. I'm working on. I'm in the middle of one as we're doing this the podcast today. Um, you gotta be a good. You gotta be good. <laughs> yeah. First, I don't just accept anybody. Absolutely. You got to be good. You got to be worth my time. All right. And you know, I can help develop. I'm always going to be a mentor in our in a, in a creative space as well as a creator. I'm a creator and I'm a mentor. Right. Um, but have your have your ish together. Have it together. You know. Um, and be a be an artist that we know can get it done. We know that is worthy of the prize mm-hmm. and then and that's that's what the, i'll make time for that for that person cool right now i'm being paid to work on in a in a in a higher level environments musically absolutely so if, I, if i'm gonna step down and do that you but you gotta be good and now this is this is the good thing i live in the dallas fort worth metroplex and there are so many good artists here yeah that's one thing i can say so when these artists are looking around and work with a with a with an experience or a good producer, they're tapping in. They're finding me, and I'm making time. I'm making time. I have a session tonight. I'm meeting with artists that are that I will be potentially working with. Cool. In the future, so and this happens on a regular. So, I, so you know, yeah. I mean, I'm busy, but I'll make time for the for the good ones. Sure, sure. Yes, Speaking of, I I've seen Flower Child a few times. That's yes, somebody sir. you're working with, yeah. 
Oh yeah, man. She uh actually she she's changed her artist name. She's formerly known as Flower Child. She's now Flozilla. Oh Flozilla, yep. Okay, she I just goes by Flozilla. I saw that on IG, but I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Okay. Officially announced here if you didn't already know. Yeah. And uh man, we have uh we've got a project dropped uh when did that drop, man? Last year, mm-hmm. September thirtieth. Mm. Almost a year ago. Okay. We're working on our you know, on our next album. I right. want you guys to keep your eyes and ears open for that. She's in a very good space creatively right now. She's on a roll, man. Yeah. Well, I'm, I want her had to come on, and she told me she wanted to wait till she finishes that. So, okay, hurry up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I'm, you you don't even have to tell me. My brain is saying, "Come on, let's go." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Um, yes. Also, uh, I know you did some stuff with Galaxy Nine for a little while. Is yes. That right. Yeah. That. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fine. No, I'm no longer with the Galaxy Nine organization. The years that we that we uh, did shows in Dallas, oh uh, man, we made a heavy imprint and we brought some really good heavy hitting acts to the city mm-hmm. that the city have has not seen. Some of them that ha- never seen, and some haven't seen in years. Um, one thing I could say is this. We did, and you know, I'm not just going to be. A, this is not a pack my, pat myself on the back festival, but we were able to achieve something, you know, good in this town, and I'm happy that we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. That we were able to, enter, to entertain and bring entertainment to the to the Dallas masses. Um, there were so many people that that there were, we've had people that met and married from coming to our oh, yeah. shows. Uh-huh. Uh, we helped create social environments. People that were hip hop heads where where they they had a place to come and be around each other and then they they were doing stuff now outside of the after the events together Mm -hmm. we were a spark for the city yeah um you know so i'm no longer doing any business or representing galaxy nine but um i do want to uh i have to pay homage to the era which was i believe 2017 to 2022 yeah i had somebody say to me that 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 was Dallas hip hop was what they were doing that, that yeah. for that time. Yeah. Know? So that's what I wanted to ask about. I just thought it was relevant. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when people see me, they, 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 they the last, some of the last uh, events they seen me at were galaxy nine events. So. Right. Right. Oh yeah. I don't mind speaking about it at all. Um, uh, one, one last thing. Uh, and then I'm gonna ask you kind of more general something. I saw on your Instagram, you're doing subscriptions. Is that right? Is subscriptions. That, yeah. Man, if that's weird how the subscription things thing works. Yeah, I don't on understand Instagram, it, but I just thought I saw so I was going to ask you about. This is what I encourage you to do, man. Uh-huh. You know, I, I appreciate the support if you want to subscribe. Um, I don't have any sp- subscriber content yet. I'm building that up right now. Okay. Um I I do have other ways you can support me and the artists that are that are, you know, in my in my creative organization, mm-hmm. and that's by for well, first easy thing is go to my Shopify store, right. <laughs> <laughs> which you know, and we have a we have Bandcamp, you know. But just uh, continue to watch the videos, like you know, hit like. Everybody says hit like, and and uh, if that for, to subscribe, I think it's like ninety nine cents or something for me. It's super cheap, man. Okay. I'm not. You know, that's I, I'll, I'll have ways we could tap in coming yeah. in the future. Yeah, it didn't to me. It didn't strike me as a way to make money for you. It, it was a way to like people that wanted to be like tapped in to be to stay connected. That's what oh, yeah. it felt like. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, you know what? I I have uh, I've been actively. I am a curator with the largest music curation service in the world, Submit Hub. 
So, oh, wow. you know, for I work for them, so I have to I have to constantly, you know, have content video ready to roll and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So come check out my content. You know, come to the store, buy a T-shirt. You know, we'll send it. We'll ship it to you same day if we can. You know, those are ways you can show love and support the movement. Um, I wanted to shout out also to my production team. I work with a, a great group of individuals that are across the country right now. Jordash Grant right oh, here yeah. in Dallas. I've, I've worked with Jordash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jordash, that's, that's, he just called me. Uh, that's, my, that's my bro, um, Chris and Dondria Thornton down in Houston, Texas. Want to shout out to them. I want to shout out to uh, DJ IQ in New York City. I work with him. And uh, Chris, a.k.a. Her Mantra. He's out in Denver and Just One Beats. Those are my homies, uh, my, my creative partners. And uh, I wanted to shout out to them, man. They help keep the wheels spinning. Nice. Uh, musically for me. And, uh, I, you know, I do also want to shout out to the artists that I, you know, I work with here locally as mm-hmm. well. Um like Jess Garland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We know I want Jess. you guys to keep an eye on anything. If you see me and Jess Garland doing some music, yeah, something major is about to happen. So that's just, a, that's just, a, okay, guys. Me and Jess <laughs> Garland, you know, are looking at dropping something soon that's exclusive to this podcast. Exciting. I'm not going to say it anywhere else. All right. I love it. All right. Um, but that's exclusive. Cool. So I want you guys ears on that when it drops. Okay. For sure. I'll have, I'm, I'm trying to get her on too. So let's do it at oh, that yeah. point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um what like how do you feel about the state of Dallas hip hop right now? Oh man, you know what? This is can be a whole dimension of a conversation. Well, I'll have you back with us for that. If I can put this in a nutshell, the pandemic and then there's been a decline on absence of uh opportunities, a lack of opportunities for the 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 viable Dallas artist talent. Mm. To show, to know, to display what they have here, um, and also the influx of people from California and New York, the other two coasts, you know, in the last three years or more, there has been a higher than average pouring of people like coming into the Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. All right, the interest in what's happening in the local music scene has dwindled. There's been an economy shift as well. So you're talking about outside money coming into Dallas, right? Influencing what's happening, right? Mm. Taking over. We got local businesses that that have been doing stuff for years that's now about to lose their business. They got to sell. Mm-hmm. So those are the places that used to be where we would go. Yeah. See our peoples. Now, fortunately, we got three links still. Sure. We got the Freeman. Yeah. Um, and a couple of other venues. We still have we're still holding on. You know. But that's 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 slim pickings. Yeah. You know, it's like I say, like the the the, the landscape has changed in the places that we used to can we used to gather. It's changed completely. Hmm. And I've seen a couple of venues just phew, disappear. Yeah. And and, and uh, man, it's just harder to get in. So the scene has is uh has taken a major hit here. Now, this now here's his his why. That's not too bad, okay? Dallas is a new world. Nah. It's a new place. Yeah. It's not the same. It's we even though we've Dallas has ended and then rebuilt and ended like the world, the Dallas world has like apocalypsed a couple times and come back <laughs> music right. world, okay? Right. So I, I strongly, I firmly b- believe that the talent that we have now that's emerging, that's going to emerge, 
It's going to be pretty good. And the opportunities will come back. They're there. All right. As long as we know, know and seize the moment and come together as a community and communicate more with each other and spend money with each other, guys. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we're going to be all right. But it, at this moment, it's just not we're not at our best, man. Yeah. There's been a pandemic. There's a recession. There's a lot of things that are changing the landscape around us. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll just have to be the ones to weather this transition. Yes, sir. Well said. All right. Well, um, you've talked about a few, but just uh, as we're like kind of ending it here, mm-hmm. um, who are some of the artists that you got stuff coming up with or some of the projects you're working on that are, that's coming up? Oh, man, the ones I could talk about because um, a lot of stuff is under wraps. But I want to say this. Be on the lookout for Flozilla's next album. My collaboration with her is coming. And uh, I'm also working with a very good artist. He's based out of Houston, and they've done some big records. Uh, her, her and her husband, Chris Thornton, but uh, Drea Thornton. want to shout out to her. Um, any of the stuff you see with, that I got with Flozilla or Drea, that's that heat, that's that good, that's that good music, right. stay tuned, All okay? Right. Cool. And uh, I'll, I'll be uh, sprinkling some drops on you guys uh, with my production team. I'm an instrumentalist. And uh, man, I've got uh, I've got some stuff coming. Uh, be on the lookout for my next album with Jordash as well. That's this year, cool. and it's badass. Awesome! Hey, yes. thank you so much. This has been fantastic. It's a great way to start the season. Um, Job born people. Uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. I'd like to thank Job Born for stopping by. It was fantastic having him here and hearing all those stories. The theme song is Salim Narala's Unstoppable. We love that and we love him. And I'm very excited for season two. There's a lot of great guests coming up and I know that you're going to enjoy all of them. So just tune in, keep your eye out for what's next, and we'll talk to you next time.